What is going on, friends and neighbors, lovers and buddies, substackers, substacations, substaconians, funny bunnies, my friends here at uh, parttimefunnyman.com. Hope you had a great Christmas. I did. It was awesome. We, uh, you know, hung out with all the family, and uh, because I have a niece, uh, I have noticed that Christmas has just gotten exponentially better every year that she gets a little bit older and she can really appreciate all the stuff that we get her and you know you can see their faces light up and uh that's awesome and i hope you had a good time too this will be my this will be my last year uh without a rug rat of my own i was thinking about that <laughs> this whole christmas me and me and my wife every time she would start to get stressed out about something i was like baby you just think you're stressed out now. <laughs> we got to enjoy this. I know we got a lot of places to go, a lot of necks to hug, a lot of people to see, but we're doing it without having to carry around a child, <laughs> and this will be the last time. Not that we're not excited. We sure are, but like, Lord God, I see everybody during the holidays that has young kids, and they just got bags under their eyes, and they just look just totally devoid of energy, and you know, they say it's worth it, <laughs> so I can't wait, but whatever. So I hope, like me, y'all decided to sort of stay off social media a little bit during the holidays. I mean, I popped in every now and then, but I also had a bunch of words muted and stuff. I'd highly suggest, by the way, that if you haven't checked out that feature on, uh, I know they do it on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know about Facebook, but I don't really mess with Facebook too much. But you can just like go in there and mute words that you don't want to hear about. So like... You know, from time to time, I'll just put a 30-day kibosh on the word Trump or, hell, politics or Republican, Democrat, anything. And uh, then you have a wonderful <laughs> social media experience, and it feels like what social media was like when it first happened. And everybody was like, woo, a place for fun, until, you know, ultimately, we as human beings uh, ruined yet another thing. But it was it was great. I did get a little whiskey drunk and uh, tweeted, quote, some stupid stuff. So if I said anything that offended you, I doubt I did. But I was a little unhinged. I should not. I shouldn't drink whiskey, y'all. I can drink beer and be fine. But I'm on this new medication. <laughs> and, and the doctor, you know, I was talking to my therapist and I was like, uh, can you drink on this? And he was like, I mean, you can but shit's gonna get weird <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't his exact words but yeah basically uh, if you mix whiskey and lexapro uh it won't kill you but it will lower your inhibitions to previously uncharted territory <laughs> and you'll say some wild shit uh but it, none of it was too bad because i didn't delete it y'all have no idea how many tweets that y'all haven't seen because i deleted them within five minutes so luckily there wasn't any of that but i finally unmuted everything got back on twitter uh today because somebody had sent me this ben shapiro tweet i don't know if y'all saw it and if you haven't i mean good lord good on you and maybe you don't even want to hear this but the movie knives out uh glass onion premiered last friday and of course it's a huge movie it's a it's you know ryan johnson or ryan johnson however you say his name he's awesome he did uh the first knives out you know star wars all that stuff and so it's a big movie. My buddy Dave Bautista's in it. So, of course, everybody's watching it. And uh, me and my wife watched it, loved it. It was a barrel of fun. Now, if I'm not going to spoil the movie in any way uh, because this isn't, you know, like <laughs> Ed Norton's character is a, like, tech mogul type dude. And so, of course, everyone is like, oh, 
it's Elon Musk, right? Because in the movie, he is, you know, he's pretty musky. But realistically, it's just like he is a caricature of these insane billionaire tech moguls. And so the movie's wonderful. And so Ben Shapiro sees it. And I pretty well knew that this was going to happen as soon as I saw it. I was like, they do not in any way overtly say that this is Elon Musk. But it reminds us all of Elon Musk because of all the shitty things this character does and how those are shitty things that Elon Musk does. So people that love Elon Musk are 100% going to go on the internet like, they were making fun of Elon Musk in one of the projections of the century where it's like, oh, you saw someone portrayed as really shitty and it made you think of a person? Huh, that's kind of wild. So Ben Shapiro goes on this whole long Twitter rant about how he's like, first and foremost, the movie sucked. Let me just get, let me just get that out of the way. The movie sucked. And obviously, it was because Ben Shapiro types have this weird, uh, this weird idea that movies just started becoming political, like after the Trump administration. Like before that, movies were not political. It's like, bro, oh, it's a Wonderful Life is political as fuck. <laughs> it's about capitalism. What are you talking about? But they have this they have this weird idea that movies are all too politicized now and they're not good. So it's like, first off, the movies suck. And I'm like, all right, I'm popping some popcorn. I'm in for this thread. And he goes on to, and there are spoilers in there that I won't give you. He goes down to break down the plot or whatever. And then in one of my favorite moments of it, he gets mad. This, for those of you that don't know, Knives Out is a murder mystery, right? It's got Daniel Craig as the... Uh, detective doing his very best foghorn leghorn slash frank underwood impression and i gotta tell you i have in the past had problems with you know uh, an actor playing a southern person and not getting the accent right and getting mad that they don't just cast a southern person daniel craig is the one exception to that role i think maybe forrest gump you know but like daniel craig he plays it so over the top that it's brilliant it is so good it's such a fun romp but it is a murder mystery a detective is solving crimes and ben shapiro is mad because there was misdirection <laughs> he's like he's like the director and writers they deliberately deceived us it's like no fucking shit it's a who done it bro that's literally you're supposed to be wondering who done it and there's going to be some twists and shit i don't know if you know how who done it or the mystery genre has been forever but like Maybe I shouldn't spoil the sixth sense for you, but misdirection is often the greatest part of a movie. M. Night Shyamalan's whole career <laughs> is misdirection. Nobody gives a shit. It's a movie. We're supposed to be entertained and and intrigued and thrilled and caught off guard. Like that's so the thing is, is like you can hate the movie, but don't sit there and critique a tentpole <laughs> of the mystery genre as if it's a flaw. It is a feature, not a bug, my friend. That is how they go. It's, I mean, it's borderline cookie cutter shit. This is how it's supposed to go. So anyways, it was pointed out, basically, that like, hey, dude, they never, they never say Elon Musk's name. They never mention Elon Musk. And I would argue is to say, it realistically, to me, the character is more like a Zuckerberg type. And you'll know what I mean if you watch the movie. But regardless, it's just like, yeah, here's a tech billionaire. This is how they all act. 
you know, I mean, Ed Norton, I guess is kind of musky or whatever, but the point is, is that like Ben Shapiro is clearly projecting. He saw this movie and assumed they were poking fun at his idol and was like, oh yeah, they got the, Elon Musk is hot in the news. So they had to make fun of Elon Musk, bro. This movie was written two years ago. <laughs> this was like, and I'm pretty sure shot two years ago. Like this was they, dude, they had pandemic jokes in the, the first part of the movie. Like the, the whole thing took place in the pandemic. They didn't, they, they didn't wait till Elon Musk bought Twitter and then rushed out a Hollywood blockbuster. That's not how it works. But the point is, is that basically you, you saw a shitty person on screen. And it made you think of Elon Musk, which means Elon Musk is a shitty person, if that's what it reminds you of. There's no other explanation for it. Like I was watching, I've been watching a lot of stuff over the holidays. And one thing that I really suggest that y'all check out is on Netflix and it's called How to Become a Tyrant or How to Be a Tyrant. I think it's How to Become a Tyrant. And it's a six-part uh, little docu-series narrated by Peter Dinklage, uh, Tyrion Lannister. Each episode is 30 minutes long, which means we have a total, for all six episodes, you're in three hours, which is less than the runtime of Avatar. So you can watch an entire series in the length of time it would take you to watch Avatar. I'm not dissing Avatar. I haven't seen it yet. But, uh, man, my bladder just can't hold three and a half hours no more. I really do want to go see it in theaters because I know that that's going to be the best experience. But, dog... Now, what determines whether I will go to the theater is sort of like runtime. Like if something's yeah, two hours, I'll go to the theater. If it gets uh, anywhere up above two hours and 15 minutes, I'm like, mm, I'll wait and stream it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I hate missing any part of the movie. And uh, I'm just going to have to pee. Even if I ain't been drinking, I'm going to have to pee. So my point is, uh, you can run through this thing. And it's a lot of fun. The episodes are fast paced. Now, the premise of this show basically is this. It, well, it's how to become a tyrant, and it's the way it's formatted is like there's this playbook that all dictators and tyrants have to follow to become a successful dictator. And if you look at all the dictators throughout history, you can apply every single one of these techniques from the playbook, and that's how they did it, right? And so basically what they do is they'll have like, you know, it'll be at rule one in the playbook, uh, you know, demand loyalty or whatever. And then it'll show examples of like Idi Amin and Omar Gaddafi and Saddam Hussein and, and Joseph Stalin and Adolf Hitler and, uh, I'm missing some, oh, Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-il and their daddy, who I can't remember what his name was, but he was an ill or a un. He was one of them. I can't remember, but he's the first one that started that whole shit and he didn't hit. And they would just run through this playbook. This is what he did. This is how he implemented this or whatever. And I'm so proud of the people who made this because it would have been so easy for them to make some snide Donald Trump slash MAGA Republican jokes, but they never did. They don't mention him once. They don't even mention hard politics. They're just talking about the dictators and what they did and shit. But like every single thing in this playbook is not something that Donald Trump was accused of doing. It's something that Donald Trump blatantly in public did, or Roger Stone was trying to help him do. You know what I'm saying? Like every single one of them was like, oh my God, yeah, that's that makes sense. That's, oh my God, that's in the dictator's playbook. That is crazy. Like one, one that stuck out to me, uh, and dude, every president's been guilty of this. It ain't just Trump, but it got me thinking about it was wild. Like they were talking about how, you know, every dictator, regardless of what background they come from, they always want to appeal to 
the public as if they're one of them. And this this is where I found out that Hitler's what Hitler's mustache was. So Hitler didn't always have that mustache. Hitler had just a regular Joseph Stalin type mustache, right? The reason that he shaved it is because that type of mustache was was what like the working man had. And I think they said something about it was so that they could get a, a mask more comfortably on their face or something. People that had to work in, in those scenarios. And like, well, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, Charlie Chaplin, the tramp, he had that mustache. It's a working man. It's a poor man, whatever. And so Trump shaved his shit like that to be like, yo, I'm look at me. I got this mustache. We're all the same. It'd be like if Joe Biden had a mullet, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if all of a sudden that motherfucker just had a mullet, but I started thinking about that and I was like, oh, that's why Trump wore the trucker hat. That makes so much sense. Like that son of a bitch has never even held a trucker cap until one of his political operatives was like, hey man, if you wear a trucker cap, they're going to think that you're one of them, right? And I was like, oh man, that fucking blows my mind. So there's a whole lot of other stuff in there. Like, I mean, Trump didn't exactly do I mean, all of it, sure. But like, I feel like he would. Like, it's like Idi Amin would just have like, state dinners and invite people to it and then just like randomly get 12 people and just like shoot them outside <laughs> just to be like see what i can do motherfucker it was talking about instilling fear and uh, uh and uh nurturing uh people's innate desire to be ruled you know they were like listen at the end of the day we all want to be ruled. You know, we say we want freedom, but realistically, we want somebody up there ruling us. We want a strong person and like we want to fear them. And one of the things that they were talking about psychologically was how fear and arousal <laughs> kind of is like the same sensation. Do you know what I'm saying? Like and and I was like, "No, nah, I don't think so." But then I was like, oh, no, maybe somebody scared me into a boner before. Hell, <laughs> I can see it. But they were just talking about how, like, someone that's, like, super powerful and charismatic and confident instilling fear in people, they somehow convince themselves that they're turned on by it and they love that shit, you know? It's a really good series. You should check it out. And it scares the fuck out of me. Like, another thing... And this is not spoiling, you know, because this is all just like facts and shit from history that we all should know or think we know. But like they were talking about how like the only people who have successfully followed this playbook and never wavered is the Kim dynasty, the North Korea people. And they were like, basically, the reason that they have been so successful is because they're the only ones who have have done the one thing that you have to do which is complete isolation, complete isolation of your people. You can't let them get any information in. You can't let them get any information out. They can't get the information out because then other people will be like, oh my God, look what's going on over there. We got to go help them, which like now don't make sense because we all know what's going on. But like they don't get any information in. So they don't know how fucked up it is over there. In their minds, they're just like, yeah, this is just how countries be, you know, Hell, half of them don't even know what other countries is, because I'm pretty sure on, like, their maps, it's just, like, North Korea and shit. <laughs> and, and, like, another thing that they were talking about, like, a dictator thing, like, creating the myth, the mythos and stuff like that. Like, I remember this. 
I don't know if y'all do, but I remember just because I'm a golf fan, like they was like everything that about Kim Jong, it was Kim Jong Il, Un's daddy, Il. Uh, like he was this God figure, you know, like he was brought down from the heavens by a sparrow. And the first time he ever played golf, he made 11 holes in ones. Like, and people bought the shit out of it because that's the only thing they read. And they were like, yeah, man, this guy, he rules by divine right. He is like a God. So like they can just make all this shit up. And it's funny because there's another dude who claims to be really good at golf, even though a lot of people that played with him were like, nah, he cheats all the time. <laughs> he's he's constantly kicking balls out of the rough and shit like that and marking down a par when we know that son of a bitch had a double bogey. It's very fascinating. But my point is, is that they never once say Trump's name at all, which I think was a smart move because anyone with a brain... <laughs> we'll look at that and go, oh shit, Trump did that stuff. And I bet you there's a lot of Trump fans that watch that and they're like, it's very clear that they're trying to make fun of Donald Trump. And it's like, listen, if you see this shit and it makes you think of Trump, there is only re one reason for that. And it's because he fits the mold of all this bullshit, dog. And I really wish that that show... I don't know how popular it is because I'd never, I don't know when it came out. I just happened to see it on my Netflix because my Netflix is like, do you like stoner history shit? You'll probably like this. And I was like, man, it's narrated by Peter Dinklage. It's talking about Hitler and stuff. How, how have I not heard about this? So hell, maybe it just now came out and it will blow up and there will be this discourse because that's what I'm really looking forward to is all the, uh, I call them the bow tie motherfuckers, you know, like the Tucker Carlson and shit. All the bow tie motherfuckers losing their mind because how to become a tyrant was making fun of the Trump <laughs> administration when they never once said the name Trump. They never once showed that motherfucker on TV. I don't even think they ever said the word Republican. Pretty sure they didn't. Like the only time I remember them talking about political parties was like, I think they talked about the Tories, you know, or something, which that's British politics. That don't count. That ain't real. <laughs> I know that some of y'all listening to this statistically are uh, from England, and I just have to let y'all know, what y'all do is fake, and I don't mean that in a bad way, I just mean that, like, I found that when I was in England, I started watching, like, the Parliament shit on their TV or whatever, and I was enthralled with it, and I was fascinated by it, and it seemed like they were going through some real heavy shit, but it didn't affect me personally, so I was just able to watch it as a spectator, you know what I mean, and then it hit me, I was like, oh my god, this is how everyone else feels about America, like when everybody looks at American politics and television, they're just like, I mean, of course it has a world threatening implications, but they just look at it as a shit show because they're not on either side. I assume most people, you know, that have a brain, as I said, were like, yeah, I don't know about this Trump guy, but like they could just watch it and be like, well, you know, I'm in Norway, so that's not really affecting me personally right now. So whatever. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's because that, that's when I found out I actually do like politics. I like the, I like the, you know, the story of it all. People run in elections, campaigns, and shit like that. I just don't like American politics because it affects me. And I'm like, when somebody's like flippant about American politics, I'm like, motherfucker, this ain't a game. <laughs> There's people's lives at stakes. But it's like, oh, right, there is an England too. But when I watch the fucking Tories wearing a wig and having a hissy fit over tea, it hits for me <laughs> because it don't matter to me. It seems silly. And they talk with a funny accent. Exactly how those people are thinking about the goddamn American South. Man, it is all making so much sense right now well anyways guys that's my uh tuesday morning rant 
I was would normally do this on Monday, but guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I did not know what day it was. <laughs> we are in that weird zone of Christmas is just over, but New Year isn't here. So time kind of seems immaterial and doesn't matter. Now, I know most of y'all are like, uh, we knew what day it was because we had to go back to work. Yep. I have a privileged life. Me, I <laughs> I make my own schedule. And also, uh, Hollywood is literally shut down the entire month of December. So there's no meetings. I ain't got nobody on my ass to do shit. And my wife is a teacher, so she's not working. So like in my house, it seems like the world has stopped, but I know that it has not. And so I sincerely apologize to y'all that I didn't put up any <clears throat> quote content yesterday that's on me i will fill you full of it this week i'm happy to be back talking to y'all i'm happy to be in a great mood y'all have helped uh put me there thank y'all for being supportive over the past week as y'all knew that i was uh dealing with the loss of a loved one uh it really means a lot to me and uh remember if you uh pay for this substack but you can no longer afford it please don't just leave just let me know and i'll give it to you for free i don't want you to have to miss out on anything just because the holidays hit you too hard and for those of you listening for free that would like uh like bonus stuff or early stuff you just get at me buttercreamcory at gmail.com and i'll take care of you no questions asked i love y'all i hope you had a wonderful christmas happy kwanzaa happy hanukkah happy truck month and uh yeah <laughs> all that good stuff love you bye